Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. We believe that leaders are shaping the future, and it is our commitment to provide you with high-value resources that will give you the opportunity to be the best leader you can be. I'm your host, Phil Denner, joined as always by the founder and president of Alliant Leadership, Joe Denner. Joe, thank you for joining us again today. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, we had some beautiful weather today, oh, so I am definitely in a good mood. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we uh, get started with today's topic, uh, I want to encourage you all to check out Joe's blog. You can easily find it at joedenner.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to his blog. Uh, you will receive it in your email inbox each week, and you'll receive a free copy of his ebook titled 10 Ways to Live on Purpose. It's a really quick read. And it lays out a simple yet powerful framework for how to live a more fulfilling life. Well, Joe, I'm sure most of us, uh, if not all of our listeners, are striving to be leaders in their areas of life. Uh, but I think that we sometimes wonder what the key pieces are that will really make us a great leader. So today, uh, you're going to be walking us through the five essential skills for being a great leader. Yeah. The skills we're going to be talking about today are especially related to organizational leadership. And I wanted to make that distinction um, because we're talking about those who are in uh, places of positional authority. Uh, whenever we talk about leadership, I, I tend to like to talk about it in a much broader sense, especially even to those who are not in places of authority. Uh, but today, the ones we're going to be discussing, particularly I believe everyone needs in order to be an effective organizational leader. All right. Well, I'm very excited to hear what you have to say today, as I'm sure our listeners are. So let's get started uh, with the essential skill number one. All right. Number one is what I would call, and, and, and I got this from a book I read recently, I would call extreme ownership. And really what this is about is taking absolute, full, and complete ownership of any and all failures that occur under your command. Mm, and I, wow. I came across this in really in two ways. First of all, and I mentioned this in my blog post, but I, uh, first of all, a guy named Henry Cloud wrote a book called Boundaries for Leaders. And he uses a phrase that we are ridiculously in charge and that we as leaders get the combination of what we create and what we allow. But then I read a, a book called Extreme Ownership that was written by two former Navy SEALs officers uh, who were in the uh, Iraq war. And boy, I can't go into the details here. I share a little bit about more in my blog, but yeah, basically story. they share a story in there where there was just massive, massive failures which wound up leading to an, Iraq or so, an Iraqi soldier, a friendly soldier being killed and one of their seals being wounded. And that was just an enormous failure. And in the book, uh, Jocko Willink, who was the commanding officer on charge of that mission, shares how he ultimately, even though there were terrible failures by many of his key leaders uh, under his command, in the end, when he submitted his report to his senior officers in the Navy, he took 100% full ownership of the failures. Wow. That was huge because he put his he put his entire career on the line. Uh, but in doing so, ultimately, he gained the trust and and really the respect of his of his commanding officers 
and of his men who he did not end up throwing under the bus. Um, so in it, if anything, it actually cemented and grew his leadership and his influence with the men that were following him. And, and then I, store, I shared in a blog that I did a while ago about a failure we experienced as a team and just how through reading these two different books, I really realized that while I was blaming one of my team members for what had happened, ultimately I had to take ownership of that. And it also reminded me of Jim Collins and his book, Good to Great. And in, we don't have time to go into it in detail, but in his book, he coined the term a level five leader. And, and he said that level five leaders were the ones who ran the great companies. So these were the top guys who ran companies that sustained, you know, high, high levels of performance for more than 15 years and, and, and compared to the market. And one of the things that stood out about all of the level five leaders of all 20 of the great companies was that when it when it came to failure, what you heard out of their mouths was I. But when there was success, you never heard I, you only heard we. Hmm. And, and that's huge. That's that is the kind of leadership that builds trust instead of walls. That's huge. Yeah, I, I, I have to say that I'm guilty of playing the blame game very, very often uh, when it comes to taking responsibility. And I think that's definitely an issue that many people deal with. So that's very interesting to hear that that is such an essential piece to being a leader. Yeah, I think it's I think it's huge. So number two, number two, and, and I've mentioned this before in blogs and in one other podcast, but I think that being highly skilled at listening is definitely one of the top five skills for sure. And I really do think it's number one or number two in terms of the what's most important. Because when we really authentically, truly listen to people, uh, they feel valued. They, they feel like they're important. And what we have to remember about leadership is that leadership is all about influence. It's all about, it's not about making people do things. It's about people wanting to do things because they want to follow our leadership. And those who feel listened to will follow you where you lead because they have a clear sense that you care about them. Now that may sound soft, but I'm just here to tell you, it's as real as it gets. So yeah. And this is not about being manipulative either in the way you listen. I, I People sniff that out. Um, they sniff out a fake, but but I'm talking about authentic listening. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So tell us a little bit more about authentic listening. Okay. I, I'll keep it brief because I've talked about this in a previous podcast and a blog post, but authentic listening is really five key things. Number one, it's intentional. It's purposeful. It's decided beforehand. You head into it with an intentionality. Second of all, uh, authentic listening is curious. Uh, it seeks to know. It seeks to understand. It seeks to invite you as the speaker to fill in the gaps and to take the conversation forward in the direction that you want it to go. Third of all, it's focused. It's focused on the speaker and what they're saying, not you know, not the myriad of distractions that are going on around us. 
Fourthly, it goes beyond words, and that's that whole powerful nonverbal part of communication that we've talked about a number of times on this podcast. And then lastly, it summarizes, it paraphrases, it reiterates, and that's what we have often, most of us, I think, heard and, and can think of normally when we think of active listening is that participative side of things. So you can find more on my blog and more on this podcast, both of which are titled The Best Way to Get Someone's Attention. All right. So first, we've uh, we've discussed extreme ownership, taking responsibility, full responsibility for any and all failures that occur under your leadership. And we've also discussed being highly skilled at listening. And this isn't just letting something go in and out of your ears, um, but it's really being authentic and intentional about listening. All right, so we're going to move on to essential skill number three now. Number three bears some discussion or some some laying some things out because I think this is a really key one that doesn't get talked about enough, and that is is effective delegation. Hmm. One of the most powerful aspects of effective leadership is the ability to get things done through other people. Uh, this is essential because instead of being incremental in nature, it's exponential. I mean, if you think about you, if you have three people on your team besides you, you have, you know, a ton of extra things that can get done besides what you can do yourself. And so I want to refer to a blog that Michael Hyatt wrote because I thought he articulated this really, really well. And he talked about uh, what he calls five levels of delegation. And what's really important is as a leader is that when you delegate a task, it's important that you make it clear which level of authority you are giving to this person. So let me just walk through these briefly. Uh, can I just can I just absolutely uh, jump in here quick? When you say make it clear, uh, do you mean make it clear to the individuals that you're yes. delegating to? Okay, exactly. Great, good, good clarifying question. So it's important that we make sure they understand what level of authority they're being given okay. as we give them this responsibility or this task. And Michael lays it out this way, and I really like it. Number one, he says, level one, do exactly what I have asked you to do. Okay, don't deviate. Uh, don't personalize this. Just I've, I've already researched the options. I, I've already determined what I want you to do. Here's exactly what I want you to do now. Go do it. All right. So that's level one. And you want them to be clear. Level two is here. Research the topic and report back. So I want you to explore, to research, to uncover, and, and you find out what you think needs to be done. And then you come back. You share that with me. Um, I'll make the decision and then I'll make it clear what I want you to do. Mm. All right. So that's level two. Then we move deeper to level three. Level three says, hey, research the topic, outline the options, and make a recommendation. So notice the difference between level two and level three. Level two is just research it and report it back to me. Level three says research it, outline the options, and make a recommendation. So give me the pros and cons. Tell me which option you think would be best and which one you would do. And if I agree with you, then I will authorize you to move forward and, and to do that. If I disagree with you, I'll either tweak, adjust, or you know make wholesale changes, whichever is appropriate. So you see these increasing levels of authority yeah. that are being given. This and is so, really, really yeah. interesting. I 
honestly, I have never really thought of delegation in this way uh, because I know for most people, I'm sure, you know, when you think of delegation, it's just, you know, giving someone a task like, oh, right. hey, I need Here, you to do, do this, this for me. <laughs> but there's no clarity in that. And it's just as you're going through this, I'm just thinking of all the issues that could be avoided by making these different distinctions. Oh, yeah. And as I'm going through them, <laughs> I'm I'm hearing all of my failures <laughs> and all the all the mistakes that I've made. But uh, but it's true. So so level four. So level four takes a big jump. Okay, level four is make a decision and then tell me what you did. So there's you see this progressive authority that's being handed over. And in level four, it's like, hey, you make a decision and do it. All right. I trust you to do the research. I trust you to make the best decision you can and then just keep me in the loop. Um, I just don't want to be surprised. <laughs> all right. And so that's level four. And then level five, this takes it all the way to the edge. And that's make whatever decision you think best. And as a matter of fact, no need to report back. I trust you completely. I know you follow through and you have my full and complete support. I'm very curious. How often do uh, executives or leaders make level five delegation? Do you, is that something that's happens a lot or is that well, pretty that, rare? That's a complex question. And the way that I would answer the question is, is that the best leaders make a lot of level five delegations because they have hired the right people. They've trained them. They've equipped them. Uh, their expectations have been clearly laid out. And, and these are people that they highly trust. So this is... This is not probably going to happen a lot with with people who are in frontline positions, at least people with with um, maybe a short time with the company or a short amount of time in, yeah. in experience in a position. But the but great leaders are probably doing level four and level five most of the time, probably level four more than level five. But um, but I think the best leaders are doing level five a lot more than any of us would imagine. Hmm. So the problem is, is that if we aren't clear, we can have a big train wreck. Right. So <laughs> Michael shares in his blog about the fact that a guy that he was mentoring, you know, thought that he was delegating to him at uh, or Michael thought he was delegating to him at level two. In other words, go do the research and report back to me. But the guy whom he had delegated to thought that he had given it to him at level four, which is, hey, just make the decision, go with it, and tell me what you did. Yeah. Wow. You can see <laughs> how that could be a big problem, especially if Michael disagreed with what the guy did. Um, and he never thought he had given him that yeah. authority. So it's really important that we establish that on the front end. And so if you use this kind of language and actually have this documented and talk about, okay, is this level one? Is this level three? You know, where are we at? And be really clear about that and even document that. I, th I think that'd be really helpful. But in light of the time, let me just give you four quick other things that I think are important aspects of effective delegation. Now, All the right. level five thing is huge. I think that's landscape changing for a lot of people, as you already mentioned. But here are four quick things. First of all, delegate the right things, okay? Don't just dump whatever on somebody else. Hmm. Delegate the things that free you up to do the most valuable work that you can do. 
I think if we can all get into a place in our organizations where we are doing the things that we do best and that nobody else can do, that's where we want to be. And so leaders should be delegating not just things that they don't like or not just things that, you know, annoy them or take a lot of time, but delegate the things that free you up to do what you do best and Mm -hmm. that the organization needs most from you. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Next, provide the appropriate level of training. Again, I think one of the biggest mistakes, and it's certainly a mistake I made a lot early on in my career, and that was just dumping stuff and moving on and not really making sure that this person has what they need in order to be successful. Um, Thirdly, I've already alluded to this, and that's clearly defining your expectations. And I mean, especially in terms of outcomes, not just, you know, here's exactly how I want you to do this, but here's what the finished product looks like. Here's what success looks like. Here's what I really want as an end outcome or a set of desired results. And if we make that clear, the person has the ability to evaluate along the way and make course corrections without our intervention. That, by the way, is paramount when we get to level four and level five. Otherwise, we have big disasters, um, potentially. And then the final thing is accountability. We've got to hold people accountable. We can't just dish something off and then forget about it. We have to create a system, whatever works for us, but we have to create a system whereby we are able to follow up. But even more importantly, uh, the better we can get people to self-report and hold themselves accountable, um, the better. So delegation is not just giving someone someone else to do here. <laughs> no. this, this is about no. having a clear goal of giving someone something to do to make yourself available to do the things, uh, like you said, that are most valuable uh, yes. for you. Yeah. Um, so make sure you clearly define those expectations. Make sure you've provided the appropriate level of training for them and, and hold, each, hold them accountable. Yeah. And I'll just say right away that I believe that this is one of the biggest and most prevalent weaknesses that leaders have. Cause I, most, I don't doubt it. Yeah, because most leaders have gotten to where they are because they're great producers. They're mm-hmm. great at output. And, and the idea of giving it to someone else is really, really hard. So this is huge. And I really challenge you, listener, to work hard at doing this well. All right. Essential skill number four. Number four is the willingness to make decisions. And this may seem really obvious, but when a decision is needed, you must be willing to be the one that makes it. Now, that does not mean that you should be making all the decisions. Okay, so right. back to level four and level five delegation. There are plenty of plenty of times when that should be being delegated, but when needed, it's important that you be able to make the decisions. So don't make all the decisions, but be willing and ready to make the decisions that need to be made and fully own the outcome. So this yes. is kind of related back to extreme ownership that I mentioned earlier, but but it also speaks very clearly to the ability to be decisive when needed. Yeah, I think this, you kind of alluded to it when you with what you were just saying, but I think this really ties in with the, the essential skill number three about delegation because I think some people, because they aren't willing to make the, the tough decisions, they'll try to 
pass them off to someone else. Sure. Um, but I think it's really important that people own those decisions. Yeah, and, and that's the bottom line is that as the senior leader or as the leader that's at least one or two up the chain, you can't delegate responsibility. Right. Okay. You still own it. I mean, in a sense, you are giving people levels of responsibility, but you never do that by taking it away from yourself. You still ultimately own it. All right. Essential skill number five. Essential skill number five is perseverance. <laughs> um, and man, have I been have I been learning this yes. over the last five months? Uh, but perseverance is just that ability to continue even when things get really, really hard because they're going to. There's nobody that just rides, you know, the, the, the lazy river all the way to retirement. It just does not happen. That's not real life. And so this is the ability to continue even when you experience failure and setbacks. So this guy, this Navy SEAL that I referred to earlier, I mean, he could have packed his bags and went home. Yeah. You know, he could have said, I just failed. I just, I mean, I got, somebody got killed. You know, somebody got killed and one of my guys was seriously wounded and I just need to quit. But great leaders know how to persevere even in this, in the face of failures. And so I just would refer people to uh, one of my blog posts on this topic, which is called Three Ways to Turn Failure into Feedback, uh, because I think that's powerful, that failure is not final, failure is feedback, and mm. we've got to be willing yes. to persevere and to press through the difficulties to the place of victory. All right, so what we've learned today, uh, I see a real connection here with you know, being intentional with listening to those who are, who are around you, being willing to make decisions and knowing when it's the time to delegate, but being very clear with your expectations when you're delegating tasks and be ready to take full ownership and responsibility of anything that might go wrong under your watch. And finally, to persevere through tough times. And like you said, I and I've seen it uh there's been some difficult times, things happening, and, and it's just you need to really push through uh, and understand that failure is not failure is not the end. It's, it's That's right. It can sometimes be uh, the stepping stone to knowing, you know, where to go from there. Uh, yeah, it's the, only the end if you let it be the end. Exactly. You know, the, the thing that comes to mind when you're talking about perseverance is uh, the quote, uh, and I'm blanking, uh, but... Thomas Edison, mm -hmm. uh, when he was making the light bulb, yeah, yeah, uh, he people asked him because he had failed two thousand times. They said they asked him about failing two thousand times while creating the light bulb, and he said, "I didn't fail two thousand times. I learned two thousand time two thousand ways not to make a light bulb." <laughs> right. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Well, Joe, do you have any final thoughts here before we finish up? Well, I just think that it's important that we understand that leadership is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not something where you just you elevate yourself to a certain level and then you just kind of ease into things. No, I think the, the higher we climb, if I can use that analogy, it, the more and more responsibility we're taking on. But 
there is a lot of payoff. It, it, is, it is exciting and awesome to be able to lead people to a place of victory and to a place of success. And so I just encourage people, take on the challenge and lean into these things. And don't, don't try to bite off all five of these things at one time. Pick one, take some baby steps, gain some momentum, and then keep moving through them all. All right. Well, Joe, thank you so much for all your insight today. Uh, we really appreciate you being here. And My I would like to note real quick, uh, Joe mentioned several of his blogs throughout um, the podcast today. And I would really encourage you once again uh, to go check it out, joedenner.com. And go look. There are multiple, multiple blog posts that can be very helpful. Uh, some of these ones especially that he mentioned. Three ways to turn failure into feedback. Um, also, the best way to get someone's attention. Those are two very, very good um, blogs that will be very helpful with your authentic listening, um, as well as, uh, I'm sorry, what which, which one was the? <laughs> well, perseverance. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got lost there for That's a second. That's all right. <laughs> well, our time has run out, uh, so that will bring this episode to a close. Uh, but be sure to share this with your friends or any coworkers that you think could really benefit from knowing the five essential skills to being a great leader. And we invite you to join us again next time for another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow.